This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insiders Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, my name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which is Triangle Lawn as well as Triangle Pest, as well as the CEO of Comarch, a digital marketing company for the home services industry, Pest and Lawn. And with me, as always, is the highly sought after uh, accountant of the quintessential accountant of pest control. Mr. Dan Gordon, would you like to say good morning? We're recording this in the morning and introduce good our morning. topic. Good morning. Uh, yeah. So uh, Dan Gordon, PCO Bookkeepers, PCO m um, And uh, yeah, today's topic is, is you know, uh, we've kind of really been digging into this inflation and potential recession and all these economic issues and everything. And, um, you know, uh, we have lots of guests on. We 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 discuss what's what what our observations are, what we're seeing with our clients, uh, what what Donnie's seeing with uh, Triangle and whatnot, and we we try to um, really dig into these topics uh, so that folks can adjust quickly because things are moving very quickly. We're going from like a hundred miles an hour to you know, 20 miles an hour. And so we're, we're, we're really trying to uh, help people understand this. And this is a topic that I talk about all the time at, um, you know, whenever I do, uh, uh, you know, live events. And I think I even on our website, I have a video and Donnie and I have talked about it several times, but, but this is, you know, survivability and, and thriving in this kind of environment. This topic is so important. And it's about one KPI, the only KPI. If I were to look at a company and you could say, Dan, you can only look at one thing and one thing only and tell me how the company's doing, what would it be? And the answer is um, gross margins. So today we're going to talk about gross margins. Um, it's uh, a, a concept, like I said, it's, it's not a new concept and, and we've talked about it many times, but just want to kind of pound it. Uh, you know, uh, really let people uh, think about it because it's going to be the key to your survival and your company thriving in the future. So with that, so there's, why don't we I was going to say there's a couple of things I want to add to that, Dan. Sure. The, the, you know, the, the things I want to add to that is there's there's actually some good parts to this. Number one is, you know, and I'm coming at this from an owner's perspective, and obviously, Dan, I know you owned a test company way back in the day, but when you look at your business, let me tell you the good part of, of this is that I personally think getting your numbers in line is much easier than rapidly growing your company. Meaning that, you know, if for whatever reason, you know, I'm not getting my margins, I'm not doing whatever, you can take actions and immediately you're going to see some results. And when I say immediately, I mean like, you know, within like a month or two, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to see the result of, of your work. Versus trying to grow sales or marketing where you got to wait six months to a year to know if it's even working. And so that's the good part of this is that, you know, if we're staring down the barrel of recession or we're definitely already in, in inflation, if your numbers are out, um, these are kind of immediate action things that you can do and you're going to see results fairly quickly. So, so that's number one is that this is, you know, what, you, what we're going to talk about in this segment is, is are things that you can do now 
things that you can look at now and things that you can make changes to now. Um, the second thing is, is that you nail these, you, if you nail these um, percentages, if you get your, if you get your margins in the slot, um, it, you know, it, as far as the business is concerned, you will be healthy regardless of what the economy does. So if it slows down, um, you know, I'm not going to say that, hey, you're going to be thriving, but certainly you'll be in a place where, you know, our industry, again, we've talked about this before, we're recession resistant, we're not recession proof. But if you got your margins in a slot, no matter what happens, so long as you keep those margins where they need to be, you're probably going to be all right. So with that, Dan, yeah, take it away. <laughs> the, the, well, that's absolutely true. And um, if you dial back marketing, you can almost do anything you want. The beauty of our industry is its flexibility to be able to get those margins in line quick, right? If you're General Motors, you have mm -hmm. to shut down a plant. You have to, you know, uh, uh, call your suppliers and, and, and you know, it, you can't just turn on a dime. This is going to be cruel, but in pest control, it's a service business. If you need to cut, you cut. What's your biggest uh, expense? It's labor. You may have to cut labor, even though that's counter to everything we've been saying for the past, I don't know how long, about how difficult it is to hire. But if we go into some sort of deep recession, that's what you have to do. Not sure that we're going into a deep recession. I think inflation is pretty high. I mean, if you look at our... Um, Pest index. It came out yesterday for June. We're still growing, 14%, but 10 of that is uh, 10 of it is uh, price increases. So the growth, while we're still growing, the growing the the growth is slower than it's been. But I don't think if we go into recession, I don't think it's going to be 2007, 2008. But uh, that's that's in my own opinion. Let's see how it plays out. But anyway, let's. Well, and let me clarify one thing too. The, the clarification I want to make there is, is that, well, I say it's easy to do, or, you know, yeah, I, I'm not going to say it's what you need to do is easy. Doing it is not super easy. Meaning that if I had to clean up, you got to make some hard calls, you know, and that's, that's, you know, believe it or not, and like it or not, when you own a business, there's a part of savagery to it. You just have to know that. I mean, you got to know that, you know, that's why you get paid what you get paid. Or if you're not making any money, why you're not getting paid, but you have to make hard decisions. And so what you need to do is pretty straightforward. Doing it is probably not the, the you know, real easy to fire to somebody so, you don't like. It's real easy to fire someone you don't like. It's very difficult to fire somebody you do like. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. So, so um, okay. <laughs> So let's talk about uh, gross margins, and the concept is basically, um, it's really, uh, to explain it um, easily, it, it, it's more apropos to a manufacturing business than a service business. Uh, but if you look at a service business, we manufacture something, we manufacture hours of time, hours of your technician's time. But a gross margin is basically the cost of producing your product in pest control, it's an hour of service, right? But but if you look at, um, I have an example, I did a, a presentation about a, a company that does, um, it, it creates dining room chairs, right? And sells dining room chairs. And so if you have a, a company, this company sells dining room chairs for a price of $800 each, and the direct costs or the cost of goods sold to make the chair, not to market it, not to sell it, not to do the administrative stuff, 
but the direct cost, so I, I'm, I'm selling this chair for $800. I have to buy wood for $40. I have to buy fabric for $8. I have to buy some stain and screws and things for $2. And then I have to pay labor, direct labor, the guy or ga guys or gals who are making the chair $200 for their labor. And then it cost me $16 to ship the chair, right? But I sell it for $800 now. If I look at all those costs that I just recited, that is $266. So $800 minus $266 is $534, which is our gross profit. And if expressed as a decimal, that is 66.7% gross margin. So our gross margin is our selling price minus the cost to produce the product not marketing, not sales, not administrative. It's the direct costs that go into it. So how does that relate to pest control? Well, if we manufacture hours of technician labor, basically what goes into that? Well, obviously the, the technicians pay and payroll taxes and whatever you, you know, benefits and whatnot, but it's his truck. It's the fuel in his truck. It's his materials that he, he uh, uses. It's his uniform. It's anything that happens on the road, right? So if 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 we sell it for, you know, uh, uh, our selling price is $100 an hour, which by the way, you have to calculate your own and, and it should be significantly more than that. But if it's, if your selling price is $100 an hour and all of those costs are $50 an hour, then your gross profit is $50 an hour. So what's best so, in class hang on. margin, Donnie? So, so hang on before it, it is, it's, it's, I like 55%. Anything over 50 is good. 55 is in the sweet spot. And, and of course, if you're up near 60, you're, you're sky high. But I want to, before we jump into that though, just, just for our listeners, let's talk a little bit about chart of accounts and making sure that people understand what actually goes in the gross margin for pest or lawn. For that example, I mean, it, because, you know, you hear things all over the place where, you know, folks are saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, I stuck my CSRs in there and then I've got a manager who has to manage them. You know, that's that's cost me to produce the service. And so let's just be clear, like in broad terms, like what exactly? I mean, when I think about gross margin, the easy way to remember it is what does it cost me to produce the service on the door? That's how I that's how I look so at it. Anything and that's on the broad, road, which is. Yeah, anything on the road, which is another way of what you just said. If you want to look at a chart of accounts, and, and that's a great point. I was actually talking with a client yesterday, a newer client, and their gross margin was low, lower. And what we found is they've got supervisors, working supervisors who supervise for 20% of the time because they're there in the morning and or um, or do route work for 20% of the time because they're there in the morning and they, they help out all day. But they're labor was in that direct cost. Well, 80% of that uh, management time actually goes below the line and then we got the uh, margin under control. So that is, um, you know, this 50 to 55% or more is using the chart of accounts that PCO bookkeepers uses. By the way, if you look at Rollins, Terminex, Renekill, it's not much different than theirs. If you want to see it, you can go to our website. It's pcobookkeepers.com and look at the cost study. Um, it's 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 organized uh, the way that um, you know that we're describing here. But um, yeah, it's uh, gross margin is a single most important factor, and we'll go into why it's so important in a little while. I'm sure Donnie has some 
good uh, stories and things that he wants to tell before I get Oh, uh, there's always stories, but yes, yes. I mean, but, you know, the main point I wanted to make with folks here is that, you know, understand things like insurance, labor, material, like at the end of the day, what does it take to get the service to the door? And when you look at that in a broad sense, that's what belongs in that gross margin category. And it's really important that you understand, like you get out what doesn't belong in there because at the end of the day, what you're trying to understand is how efficient am I at producing the service? Because if I'm super efficient there, you know, other things, and I'm going to, you know, people talk about gross margin. I think it's a super important stat that I also look at it in, in, in an opposite way, which is GNA is probably the gold mine for your business because a penny saved is not the same as a penny earned. And I can talk about that in, in a little bit, but, but anyway, all right, Dan, so keep going. <laughs> Um, so, right, so there's a couple of ways that you can improve gross margin, right? If we're selling our service for $100 and it costs us $50 to produce it, our gross margin is 50% or $50, 50%. Now, what if we raised our prices to $110? That drops our gross margin, right? Or what if we lower our price to $90? That increases our gross margins. So there's really three ways to affect gross margin. Number one is to cut costs. Well, we know in this day and age, that's not easy, right? You're, you want to go to your technicians and say, you're earning too much. I'm going to cut your costs. That won't go over very well. The other is to raise your prices, which we've been pounding the table and you know we've been keeping up with inflation or trying, right? But that's not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. The third way is to increase route efficiency because if I can do a $50 stop in an hour, I pay a guy $20 an hour, my labor rate's 40, 40%. But if I can do two of those $50 stops and I pay the guy $20 an hour, my labor rate just dropped from 40% to 20%, right? So I've increased my gross margin by increasing route efficiency. It's extremely important that you understand this, okay? Because in order to, um, you know, uh, in order to get to that 50 to 55%, and if you look at a lot of door-to-door companies, their gross margins are a lot higher because they blanket neighborhoods. So their route efficiency or route density is really high. However, door-to-door is very expensive to sell. so you know, they, they kind of make that up below the line because, the, the, you know, the, the, their marketing costs are higher, but their gross margins are very high. The interesting thing is if they dial back the door-to-door, the operation becomes wildly successful and wildly profitable. So that's where that goes. Um, well, and I was going to say, too, like, if, you're, if, you, if you pull back and let's just, you know, and I'm going to bring this way back just for a second, but, you know, if I'm an operator, and I'm trying to say, okay, you know, hey, I know that there's some uncertainty coming. You know, I, I feel like the company's doing okay. You know, let me just do a quick check on the company, make sure that I'm prepared if a recession comes. And you start looking at your gross margin. Let's just say you're sitting at 50. You're on the lower end of that 50 or 55. Within the question, the next question becomes, where do I start? All right. If, if, so step number one, have you done a price increase? Yes or no? Okay, if the answer is yes, how much was it? If it's anything less than 15%, then you're going to have to make it up somewhere else. Because the fact of the matter is, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, for the pest control industry, and I would would venture to say also for the lawn care industry, I didn't do it specifically for the lawn, but your inflation rate is probably more like around 
15 to 16 percent. So that's that's kind of check number one is have I done a price increase? Is it near 15 or 16 percent? If the answer to that question is no, you need to do that like August 1, right? I mean, you like you need to do it now because obviously, you know, doing price increases in the wintertime is akin to going or running off cliffs. Okay, so that's step number one. Step number two is, you know, the other part of that, Dan, what you talked about is, you know, controlling your costs. And so I would be looking at my labor because, yes, you can probably, you know, hit your insurance broker over the head and get a, you know, a 2% decrease in your rate or, you know, there's going to be maybe you talk to your chemical guy or gal and, and you get a little money there. But none of those things, I mean, they all pale in comparison to your payroll. You really need to be paying attention to your payroll. And so then the next question you got to ask yourself, and you got to be super um, honest with yourself, is am I getting the most out of my people? And I'm not telling you that you need to, you know, work your folks 12 hours a day, but I would be definitely looking at how many folks do I have? How many, how much revenue is each technician producing? What's my CSR, my CSR to technician ratio look like? Like really dig into those numbers and understand, you know, not from a, what we've done in the past kind of thing, but what we're currently doing. And you have to account in the price increase because, you know, a price increase can make you make you look like you're really efficient when you're not. It just makes you, you know, you're just making more money. Um, so, so that's number two. And then the third thing, which is what you just said there, Dan, which I agree with, it's kind of akin to what I just said in number two is, am I being most efficient? Are there any other tools I can do that prevents a higher? So, so all the focus really needs to be on price increases and payroll. That's where you're going to make your margin in this business. So. I'm off my soapbox now, Dan. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's, what, that's good stuff. So you want to get that gross margin. But let's talk about why gross margin is so important. Why is it more important than market, uh, marketing and sales and, and administrative costs? And the reason is it, it is something called break-even analysis. So basically what happens is let's say I sell my product uh, or my service for $100 an hour and it costs me $50 an hour to produce. That means that I have a 50% gross margin. That's not a net margin or net profit. That's a gross margin. That 50% goes to pay off the fixed costs and marketing and sales, right? So it what happens is, um, let's say that uh, I'm at a 50% gross margin. Let's say it costs me $100,000 a month to run my office. That's the rent, the electricity, the CSRs, everything. Open the doors. It's 100 grand a month, whether I do a dollar or a million dollars worth of business, 100 grand. At a 50% gross margin, that means it's going to cost, uh, I have to sell $200,000 worth of work in order to break even. So uh, 50% of the 200,000 is 100,000. That goes to the direct costs. And the other 50% goes to paying off fixed costs. So what happens is the 50% goes, uh, the, the, the gross margin goes, it contributes to paying the, um, uh, sales and marketing in general and administrative, once you've hit that, once you've paid that off, it contributes to your profit. So that's why a lot of accountants call a gross margin a contribution margin. You contribute to paying off the fixed costs, and then you contribute to your profit. It's also why pest control and or service businesses are so wildly profitable, because if you double your sales, you don't double your re uh, your net income. Your net income goes up exponentially because you've already covered your fixed costs and now you're making money at a rate of 50 
cents on every dollar of revenue using the example that we did before. So that's extremely important. That's why gross margin is so important. Well, the other point I want to make out of this too is, especially for, for operators is, you know, there's a tendency like to bag work at the end of the month, not always, but, but, you know, it, once you understand this concept, the thing that you don't want to do now, if you're in monthly billing and you're, you're pre-bill for most of your stuff, this is probably not as important. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is back in the day when we were not that way, you know, we would run out of month and then there would, you know, there'd be work that we didn't get done in that month, which when you think about it is probably the most stupidest thing you could do, right? Because that's all profitable. You know, I won't say it's all profit, but you know what I mean? Like that work that you're doing at the end of the month, once you've got all your fixed costs covered, that is where you're making your money. And so if you have, you know, one of the things I like to do at Triangles, you know, we, we leave an extra two or three days at the end of the month where there's nothing scheduled and we've gotten all of our stuff done so that we don't have that issue. And so I would just say, make sure that your route completion, pay attention to that number because that's that you don't have to sell any of that. And, and the, the fact of the matter is, is the further along you get in the month, the more the, the more of those dollars that you're making is actually hitting your bottom line. One of the silliest things you could do, you may, you may disagree because <laughs> you're a marketing guy, but but one of the silliest things you can do is spend a ton of money on marketing to bring in leads to try to sell things when you have all of this work in the till that you can't complete, right? Complete what, uh-huh. you're, what you got and then use the marketing and sales to, to you know, uh, backfill or, or, or um, you know, grow. But you've got to, you, you can't have a whole bunch of skips because you just, you ran out a month, you know? Right. It, it's a bad strategy. So, so for a second here, Dan, let, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, obviously gross margin. We want folks to pay attention to that. There's another thing that I think people really should pay, pay attention to, which is, you know, your GNA. Um, and, and the reason I say that is, is that, you know, let's just say I make some improvements in my gross margin. Okay, so for every dollar of revenue that I get, let's just say I take my gross margin from 50 to 55%. Okay, so now I get a 5% improvement in my profit. The difference in G&A is, is that if I eliminate an expense, I eliminate something you know, that I don't necessarily need in G&A, 100% of that expense goes where? Bottom line. Goes in the profit. So- yeah, exactly, exactly. So if you're struggling with profitability, if you're thinking about, hey, I need to get cleaned up. I want to make sure I'm I'm looking good as a business. I want to make sure that you know I'm prepared for a recession if it's come. You know, absolutely get your mark because I mean the real money is in the gross margin, right? But but just realize that G and A. I mean, I had this happen at Triangle uh, last year where, you know, we had some of our admin expenses kind of getting out of hand, and that's why I say a penny saved is not the same as a penny earned. And, you know, obviously we would normally do this in front of a whiteboard. I realize we're doing this on a podcast, but I love showing this example. Um, I've done it to my leadership team several times, but, you know, when you think about if I go out and I earn a dollar, you know, I have to pay people. I have to, you know, there's all these different things that I have to do. And let's just say my gross margin is 50%. So I make that dollar. Really, I'm getting 50 cents on that dollar. But if I'm able to save a dollar, in GNA, I get to keep that whole dollar in profit. And so it's really, really critical that you understand that, yes, you get your margin. First things first is get your margin, your gross margin 
in the clean area, 50 to 55%. If you can get north of 55, fantastic. But then the second thing is, and this is to, if you're, if you're hurting for cash or if you're wanting to make sure that you're super efficient, really take a look at your, you know, at your GNA and make sure, and this would include marketing, this would include <clears throat> your CSRs, this would include your management labor, this would include a lot of different things. Just making sure that it's necessary expenses because those are the ones that really make a difference when it comes to trying to like, if I were going to go in and I said, you know, it's okay, Donnie, you got to clean this company up. They're not very profitable. That is where after I got my margin stuff cleaned up, that's exactly where I'd be focused. I'd be like, okay, what's in this category that is unnecessary? What's in this category that it's nice to have, but it's not essential because that's where you're going to get your, that's where you're going to get your profit back. The other thing is, um, you know, this current environment, you're, you're, you're trying to outpace inflation. But if, if and when we go back to where we were, where inflation was pretty tame and whatnot, when you do a price increase, there's that whole thing falls to the bottom line, right? Because your fixed costs are in line, your gross margins are your gross margin. And you uh, give somebody a dollar price increase, you know, that whole dollar falls to the bottom line because the gross margin, you were making your 50%. and um, the 50% on the admin side, so it falls to the bottom line. Um, it also works well if your margins aren't 50%, the price increase raises the gross margin to that 50% if you do it right. And also um, route efficiency has the same effect using the example that I said before. Route efficiency or making your routes tighter has the same effect as price increases. Because price increases, Right now, with inflation and everything, we seem to be seeing that people are getting a pass, but that's not going to be that way forever. No, I don't. I don't see. I think right now we have a small window. Um, you know, we're recording this podcast in July. It's at the very end of July. I think you've got possibly August, no more than September. And I think come this fall and in the wintertime, and, and by the way, I'm not. I'm not like Dan. I'm not going to don you know my my robe and grab a crystal ball. But I think this this get like you just said there, Dan, getting a pass on doing um, price increases. I think people are going to get worn out on that. And you know, obviously, the, the best time to do a price increase is in the spring or in the summer. It's not in the winter. So I think you have an opportunity. And I think once this, that opportunity passes, you're really going to be kicking yourself if you did not increase prices because you may not get that opportunity. Um, for quite some time to do it again. Um, so do, if you, again, I know we've talked about this several times, but if you've not done that, like seriously, stop listening and go do it. <laughs> well, go knock it out. Here, so. Here's the interesting part, right? So, and this is a very extreme example. You, you're not going to do this, but if you doubled your prices and lost half your customers, who cares? You're, you're even, you're doing a whole lot yeah. less work than you were yep. at the lower price, right? And the only the time money. I've ever seen, yeah, the only time I've ever seen that is like when you, you know, a, a company acquires a small company that's way underpriced and whatnot, and they'll double the price and they'll lose half the customers. And uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But think about that, you know, um, obviously everybody's worried about customer count and everything, but maybe customer count isn't as important as total revenue or total profitable revenue. So you want to think about uh, that way, right? I'd rather have an account that pays me $100 than that same account that pays me $50. I'd rather have one than yeah. two of the $50, you know? So. 
you know, that's such a good point. And I just want to, for the folks that are listening, just, I want to clarify that just a bit because you, you know, what you just said there is, is critical. So there's an emotional part of price increases for owners. Okay. We all fear that if we do this, everyone's going to run, we're going to lose and we're going to make less money. And, you know, and so one of the things that I've done every single price increase, I have yet to fail to do this for any price increase I've ever done, which is I take a look at what I propose. Then I look at how many customers would I have to lose just to break even. And then that makes the, psychologically speaking, I say, okay, well, I can lose up to this amount of customers and I'm still better off in doing that price increase. And you know what's funny is I've yet to even get to half that number ever. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things where like psychologically, it's, you know, in your mind, you got to know that, okay, yes, I am going to get canceled. Yes, this, you know, people are going to be upset. But, you know, the fact of the matter is I don't go over this number in cancels. I'm actually better off as a business and I can live with that. So that's a, just a little trick, you know, it's yeah, psychological, we're, we're, but it definitely works. We're in a nickel. Yeah, we're in a nickel and dime business. So it's not, you know, it, we're talking nickels and dimes, right? Like if you look at the vehicles that everybody's buying right now, you, this is one that everybody can relate to is, you know, look at how much, you know, that that, that $25,000 truck last year is now selling for thirty. 35,000. That's a lot of money. That's a big price increase, right? Um, but, you know, your $50 service going to 52 bucks, no, nobody's really, it, it's not a big deal, you know? Yeah. Well, as we get ready to wrap this up, Dan, let's get some, uh, just some, I mean, just some high level recommendations for folks when it comes to margin, understanding their margin and what they need to do. Um, I think, you know, we talked about the three, which is, you know, obviously, if you've not done a price increase, do it. Number two, really taking a critical eye and double checking your ratios when it comes to how much revenue per tech, you know, how many how many techs per CSR, Make, really knowing your operating ratios to validate that your your payroll that you've got out in the field is is in line with where it should be. That, that's kind of number two. And then number three is looking for efficiencies within um, within your, you know, your labor pool, which is, would be more efficient routing, you know, or, you know, again, it, it, leveraging your folks in a different way. Any other thoughts outside of just, you know, looking at vendors and trying to negotiate, which I don't think you get it very far. Any other recommendations I, you can think of? Yeah. Uh, go to our website. It's uh, pcobookkeepers.com. Look at that cost study because it's not just the chart of accounts and, and the, the percentages. It talks about things like CSR or office person to people on the road, that ratio. It talks about, um, it's it's not just financial ratios, it's operating ratios as well, which is are, are very important. And, um, you know, so take a look at that and see, you know, compare it to your business. Uh, that cost study was, I, I think it was 137 companies that we put together um, and, and, you know, some were great and some were not so great. And that's the average of what the industry is um, showing us. And, you know, when I talk to my friends at, at, the, at the big companies, um, they say, geez, it, it, it's uncanny. Your numbers are pretty much in line with what we do and what we see on our P&L. So take a look at that. And, um, you know, um, if you have any questions, obviously just shoot us an email. Happy to answer any questions um, about it. But um, I, I think that that's a really good resource. And um, if we can put that on the show notes or 
on the resources. I think that that yeah. would be good. So absolutely, we could do that. And so I'll just I'll finish this off here with just a reminder, and that is this: is that you know, number one, if there ever was a time to get cleaned up and get prepared for a storm, I would say it's now. I'm not doom and gloom, and I'm not saying that you know it's the end of the world coming, but I will say this: is that we are we have gone through an unprecedented time of growth. You've got inflation that's rolling out. You know, in, in every light that is on, or every light that should be on, talking about a slowdown coming, in my mind, is on. And so it's much better to do it now and be prepared than get, you know, further down, like in the case if, you know, you've not done a price increase that's equivalent to 15% and you missed the window. And that's a much more difficult thing to do. And so I just would recommend all of our listeners, like, you know, talking about gross margin, probably not the most sexiest thing to talk about. But I will tell you this, you know, keeping your business strong through a recession, keeping your business strong through hard times absolutely is. And so these are the things that we got to get into. And and the last thing I'll mention is, is that these things that we're talking about are probably the easiest things that you can do as an owner. This is nothing more than sitting down with spreadsheets and sitting down with numbers and digging into the numbers and making sure that, you know, understanding the problem is probably the easy part, right? It's the hard part's going to be making the changes. But the good part is, is that you don't have to wait six months to a year to see the results of it. So with that, Dan, anything to add before we finish out? That's it. Um, we'll see everybody next week. Yeah. So just a reminder, all the notes that when topics that we talked about today are available on the podcast or on pmpindustryinsider.com. You can look under show notes for today's show notes. We'll put that um, cost study up. We'll put up some of these ratios that we've been talking about. And we always appreciate any kind of um, rating and review that you can give us. We like sharing this podcast with other folks. We hope that uh, we find that you find it useful. We want to make sure it's useful for others. And with that, we're signing off. You all take care. Take care, Dan. Take care.